Praise the Lord. Got me, John? Praise God. Thank you, Jordan. Awesome. So good to be here this morning. You know, as I was uh, coming in from the airport, uh, John drove us through uh, Virginia Tech, and uh, we had some ministry there at one of the rooms uh, uh, through InterVarsity, which John and Wally are a part of. And I just really felt that this weekend was very strategic in what God was going to do. Um, yes, we touched the campus, but yesterday we were at Victory, and I got to meet with the, the pastor and his wife and family there, and, um, and several other churches represented came to that meeting, including Jordan. And um, I, I prophesied over um, uh, Jamie, the pastor there, and really felt like a revival was going to break out and their church was going to be a part of it. And so as I was just, you know, praying about what God uh, wanted to do this morning, I, I mean, I, your name is very prophetic. New River, there's not many new rivers, you know. I mean, there's a lot of old rivers, right, uh, especially the big ones. But what starts a new river? You have to have a shift in, in the climate. You have to have a shift in the territory and the grounds, the elevation, all kind of stuff. And uh, I've heard of some of that shifting that's kind of happened in this church. Um, but I really felt um, that, 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 how do I put this? Leave the past in the past at last. You know, sometimes there's wounds, sometimes there's difficulties that you have to go through, and we, we kind of keep, keep going back there and saying, what if, what if, what if? Well, what if? You know, today's a new day. Um, there's a river coming to New River, and it's already here. Amen? And, and if you'll walk in that river, I was telling Kim earlier, there's a, a book that Robert Slaredon wrote called I Saw Heaven. And he, he saw heaven when he was 12 years old. His, his mom prayed, Lord, take him to heaven and show him to heaven. And he did. And, and something, you know, the, there was a river in heaven. And, of course, it's the river of life. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's you know, Revelations. The end of Revelation talks about the river of life. And the, the, the leaves that are healing to the nations and the fruit um, that it provides all things for us. And yet he got to see all that. And not only that, he said Jesus brought him in the river of life. And in that river, he said, instead of water going around him, it went through him. And when it went through him, all the energy and life that was in that river, just like a, like a blood transfusion, went into his system. And he was changed. And I believe that's what God wants in this house. He wants this house to be a river of his life that is flowing into you first, right? And others that come here and they get the life of Christ in them. Um, you know, with, with uh, the prophetic, God shows us things. You know, prophetic is a long name for hearing the Holy Spirit and obeying him. I mean, it's real simple, right? The gospel is real simple. Uh, Jesus said, wait until... Holy Spirit comes, right? Uh, too many of us have taken off 
running without the Holy Spirit. And, um, but at any time, you can wait on the Holy Spirit. And you can be prophetic, which all, I, all that is is like listening to the Holy Spirit and doing what he says, you know. Um, but you have to come in contact with him. You've got to become familiar with him, right? And, and when his voice, you know, when we, we are around someone for a long time, we learn to hear their voice. They come on the phone, and maybe they have a different number. These days we have, you know, cell phones that have the name and everything on there. But let's say they use one of the office phones, and they called, and they said, Hey, how you doing? Immediately you know who that is, you know, because you've been living with them for years. You've been hearing their voice. Well, it's the same way with the Holy Spirit. When you're first hearing the Holy Spirit, it's like, Okay, is that you, Lord? <laughs> You know, and I mean, even when Paul got knocked off his horse, he's like, uh, is this you, Lord? <laughs> he knew he was Lord, but he was not sure, you know. But after a while, it's like, yeah, he knew that Holy Spirit's telling me, don't go here, go there, do this, don't do that. And I believe every one of you are going to get there. Amen? I'm not Paul, right? But I have a lot of years of following the Holy Spirit, and I'm, I'm hearing him. And each one of us hear him in different ways, right? And it's, it's not like your friend that you've had for 20 years, um, because he doesn't quite do that all the time. You know, a near audible voice, I think I've probably only heard twice in my life. And uh, most of the time, it's an impression it's a feeling. It's a nudge. You know, it's like, go pray for that person. You know, he didn't tell me that, but it was like a thought just popped into my head. And I'm like, okay, well, that's definitely Holy Spirit. One, one way you can find out it's the Holy Spirit is if your human mind argues with you. So if, if the Lord is telling you to go witness to someone, which you know is scriptural and a good thing, and you start saying, you know, I, I, I'm not the one that needs to talk to them. Uh, it's not the right time. You, your mind just starts downloading all these reasons why not to do it. Well, then you know it's the Holy Spirit. Because usually he's not telling you things that you want to do per se, but that are spiritual things to do, right? And that's, that's the difference in... In the suke, the flesh life, and the zoe, which is the God kind of life, right? So we have these two elements in our being that we're having to fight all the time. And the suke is all about me and taking care of me, where the zoe is like taking care of others and letting God use me as a conduit to others. The beautiful thing is when you let the Zoe life come into you and you become a conduit, all those things that you needed get taken care of. And it's, it's, uh, it's so amazing when we just, you know, follow after God and, and do the things that God's called us to do. Amen? So as I was sitting here while we were worshiping, the Lord showed me that there's two mountains here. And one of the mountains is faith. And for most of you in here, you have faith, right? It's not, and when I'm talking about faith, I'm not just talking about I believe in Jesus' faith. You know, it's I, I believe in miracle faith, like moving mountains, like transforming this area for Christ, like revival faith, right? So I see one of those mountains here that it's been planted, it's been nurtured, and, it, and it's been shouted from. And then I also saw this next mountain that's actually prophecy. And I think that's why God brought me here. Because, you know, in 1 Corinthians 14, uh, in fact, I'll just go there and read this because, you know, it's just... It's just um, 
so cool when we get connect with with God and what he wants to do in our life because I know everyone in here wants to bless other people and if you perfect the gift of prophecy in your life you're going to be blessing a lot of people 1 Corinthians 14 and it just came off of 13 right which we call the love chapter so he starts and I shared yesterday the reason that he did that was to check our character, to check our motive. Because if we move in the spiritual gifts, a lot of times people will start looking at you and going, wow, how did you know that? Or how did you do that? And, and then, you know, people will be inviting you to come and pray and come and do this and to come do that. And some of those things can go to your head and then pride starts setting in, Right. And we know that that's the thing that comes before a fall. So we don't want to go that way. So Paul just, he, he lists all these, these uh, gifts that I'm going to touch on in 1 Corinthians 12. And then he puts love in there. And he says, look, nothing you do should be without love. It should be the main motivation for you uh, in your life and ministry. And so he says here in verse 1, pursue love yet earnestly desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. There's some versions that, that say to covet spiritual gifts. I mean, there's not many times God tells us to covet things, right? That's usually a, a Ten Commandment no-no, right? But in the New Testament, Paul says, these spiritual gifts I want you to covet. I want you to yearn for them. I want you to, to uh, earnestly desire. And I remember when, when I first read this after I received the Holy Spirit, it just came alive to me. I didn't know what it was, but I said, it's the scripture. I believe Paul knew what he was saying, and he wants the best for me. So I said, God, I earnestly desire uh, prophecy. I don't know what it is, but I'm earnestly desiring it. And I just kept on reading. And so I was reading through the New Testament in those days. And two weeks later, uh, Jesse DePlantis came to town, and my friend invited me to go listen to him, which I had never heard him speak before. And, of course, he's from South Louisiana, and he has a real thick Cajun accent and talks like this and was doing his own worship and all that stuff. And after two songs of worship, he stood up here and he said, there's some of you that have been praying for the gift of prophecy. Now stand to your feet. And I was like, oh, no, you know, I know I asked you for that, but uh, this is embarrassing. There's like 300 people in here, and I'm supposed to be standing on my feet. So there was like 12 or 13 of us that stood to our feet, and I'm like starting to shake and sweat and everything. And, uh, and he said, there's ministering angels in here, and as they go around, they're going to stir you up to give a word of prophecy, uh, just obey the Lord. And sure enough, five or six people got it. And then it came to me and it was like such a heaviness in my chest. And I just started blurting out this prophecy that I don't remember till today. In fact, I was so concerned that I asked my friend that I hope that was biblical because I don't know what I said, you know. And he said, no, no, it was good, it was good. I was like, okay, good. Got done with that, you know. And then after that, the Lord just started showing me things. Sometimes before I'd go to a meeting, sometimes during worship, he'd start showing me some things. A lot of times what he required me to do was to submit that feeling to the leadership of the church. Fortunately, I was in a church that, that really loved the things of the Spirit so that when I, when I came up to the pastor and said, I, I, I've got a prophetic word I've got a a word for the people and sometimes I would have no clue what it was other times I would say I just feel love from the father and so he'd give me the mic and I'd share the word that the Lord gave to me and sit down and people would come up afterwards and say you know that's exactly what I needed that day and and so uh, in, in these chapters, 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14, they talk about the body of Christ. Amen? And each one of us is a member of that body. 
the people that come to the pulpit, a lot of times those are five-fold ministers, and their duty is Ephesians 6, to equip the saints to sit in a church service and give tithes. No, that's not what it says. It says we are to equip the, the believer for the work of service. So, and it's not serving the pastor. Yes, that some of that happens, right? That's normal. But the main thrust of a fivefold minister in Ephesians 6 is to equip the saints to go out and serve, to go out and preach, to go out and love, to go out and share life of Jesus with other people. Amen? So I really, you know, see that God is, is stirring this church up to, to, to go out. You know, we talk, we talk about the four walls. You know, we had, we had prophecies in our church in College Station that God had just blown out your walls. And when that happens, it's like this is not a place to stay. This is a place where we come, get filled, so we can go out. And other people can come in. You know, that's the other thing. When you, when you have closed doors, it's like it's not really too inviting, Right? But if you're in, out in an open air, like soccer field or baseball field, and you got worship going on, and people are out there just having a good time, and they hear that, and they sense something going on, and they get drawn to that, and then they start, you share about Jesus, and then they get saved, and, and now they're part of the family. And they get to come and eat where the family eats, right? And, and so I see a lot of that happening and, and I believe that's why this gift of prophecy is so important. It's important. It was important to, to Paul to, to tell the Corinthian church, uh, hey, all these spiritual gifts, I know y'all want to do these things, but most important is prophecy. And so he, he specifies that, that you may prophesy, verse 2, for the one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God. So in the Corinthian church, a lot of people were speaking in tongues. In fact, it was interrupting the services because people were speaking in tongues. And he's like having to correct them here. Now, the tongues he's talking about is, is the prayer language tongue. So, you know, if you go back into Acts, you know, the apostles got baptized in the Holy Spirit. They had tongues of fire on their head, but they also had tongues, unknown tongues that they were speaking in, and people were actually getting, you know, in interpretation of some of those tongues in their own language. And that happens occasionally. It's happened about twice that I know of with me, but, but that's not the main purpose of that type of tongue. That type of tongue is intended to build up your spirit, because uh, the scriptures say that 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 gift, is the Holy Spirit comes to your spirit and prays a prayer to the Father. And, and so the difference in, in this, that tongue and the tongue that's talked about in 1 Corinthians 12, the tongue that is to be interpreted is a tongue that happens in a congregation like this. And let's say the Holy Spirit falls on someone and then they just go off in a tongue. They may have their own prayer language tongue which we encourage everyone to, to get that, but it's, it's a congregational gift. So the tongue comes out because there's something God wants to say that maybe is not being said that day. And so God uses that gift to stir up someone to pray in tongues, and then an interpreter of that tongue will interpret it. Now, the way that happens is not like he's listening to every word and, you know, translating it like Spanish to English. What it is, it's a sense of what God is saying. So while the person is praying or speaking in that tongue, everyone is like quiet and, and just centered on God. And then the person who interprets will, will be basically prophesying. So, so, so interpretation without the tongue would be prophecy. <laughs> just to clarify 
what that's all about. And, and so Paul was saying that that's a good thing. But in your church, you have too many people speaking in tongues and no one's interpreting. So basically shut up. That's what he was saying. He said, look, stop in the church. Stop speaking in tongues unless you're the one that's going to require an interpretation so that interpretation will edify and build up the body of Christ. Amen? And so the same thing with prophecy. Uh, prophecy doesn't have to have the tongues before it because you feel the presence of God on you to give that word that would be an interpretation if, if uh, the tongue came forward. And I've been in services where the Lord kind of said, okay, I'm giving you the interpretation, but someone needs to give that tongue. And so I'd come up to the pastor and I said, well, you know, I've got the interpretation, but there's someone here, God's trying to get their, their gift of tongue for interpretation off and running. And before you know it, someone starts going off in the tongue and they say, oh, that's the first time I've ever done that. You know, I didn't know what to do. And so there is a way to pastor the spiritual gifts. Amen. And, and the more we move in those gifts, the more we understand those gifts, we don't have to be afraid that, that it's going to cause problems, you know, because the same Holy Spirit that's stirring up those gifts are giving your pastor wisdom in how to manage those gifts. Is that cool or what? I mean, it's, it's like no one can pull any wool over your eyes. And, and so I believe that, that this, this gift is, is going to be more and more manifest in your presence. You're going to be able to encourage each other with that gift. You're going to be able to encourage others when you're outside these four walls, which is most of the time. And your life will be a ministry to other people. So he says, uh, the one who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people but to God, for no one understands it, but his spirit speaks mysteries. And that's the other thing. Some people say, well, it had to be uh, a known language that you're speaking. Well, it's not. I mean, I've heard a lot of tongues, and I've rarely heard uh, a, a language that come out of that situation. Now, it can be interpreted like a language, but that's Holy Spirit manifesting a miracle between those tongues and those guys' ears. And that can happen, and it's, it's pretty cool when it happens. Uh, but most of the time, it's a tongue, it's a, a heavenly language, and we don't understand it, but uh, we speak mysteries, the Scripture says, and we're praying to the Father Verse 3, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their edification, that's building up, their exhortation, and their consolation or comfort. So that's the filter that Paul gave the Corinthian church so that they wouldn't mess up. And a lot of churches have forbidden this gift because some people got into the other filter which is direction, correction, and judgment. And, and, and the enemy knows that, right? So if he has someone that's moving in the gifts of the Spirit and they have, let's say, a critical spirit, which is very judgmental, then he just loves to give them a prompting that someone is in sin and, and needs to repent and, and the fire of God's going to come on them and and uh, maybe they need to move to another town or, or this person and that person need to get married. And, you know, but Paul, he was really smart. He knew the Corinthians that they'd go off and do some of that funny stuff. And he says, no, no, prophecy's good. Of all those gifts, I want you to prophesy in the, in the, the setting of the church. But I want you to do it for these three reasons to build up each other, to console each other, to comfort each other, and exhort your, your brother and sister to go into the things of the Lord. Amen? And occasionally, you'll get a prophecy for an, what I like to call a pre-believer because Jesus came and died for all of them. He didn't come and die for just 
you know, the elect. You know, God, his blood was shed for all human mankind. And so until the Lord tells me otherwise, I'm going to believe that everyone that is not saved yet, they're a pre-believer, and I just need to get enough information to them, enough prayer to them for them to come into the kingdom. It's just like the pre-born. Instead of saying it's a, a, a fetus or a blob of tissue, we say it's a pre-born baby. So the same way in the spiritual sense, you can look at people that are not saved as pre-believers. They just hadn't got enough Jesus around them to make a good decision. And you're a part of that, getting that influence around. Amen? So he... he he specifies about this gift and prophecy if if um, you're not you know aware of it I like the I like the definition of prophecy being a gift from the Holy Spirit where you get an impression from God and you communicate it to someone or someone's so we call usually in a in a church setting when someone prophesies or interprets a tongue, it's what we call a congregational prophecy. So it's a general prophecy that goes out. And yes, some people will, will, it will shake them like God just talked to them. And others would say, wow, that's a great, a great message. Thank you, Jesus. Um, so it's not all in the same regard, but, but it's always encouraging. It's always edifying and exhorting. Now, God still does prophesy judgment, correction, and direction. But in my life, I've seen that it's rare. And usually it happens when someone is running from God or someone's backsliding and they're, they're not, God's tried to warn them time and time again. You know, on the highway of life, Sometimes God will give us a grace exit, and he'll say, look, you're going the wrong direction. Please take this exit. I got you on another one. No, Jesus, I'm just doing fine. I'm going to keep going down this road. And he'll give you another grace exit and another grace exit. And then comes mercy. And so if you don't take that mercy exit and you keep going, then there's judgment. And sometimes people are on that mercy exit and God will speak a word of correction or even judgment if they don't obey and that's to turn them around. So that's rare and that's why Paul wanted everyone to prophesy according to this filter of, of edification. And, you, and also I'll add one, it is... It is clear in the scriptures that what you're saying is proper. In other words, you cannot say, thus says the Lord, go kill Job. Because scripturally it says you can't murder. <laughs> so, so right then and there, you know that's a false prophecy. And, and Paul makes it clear that we're to judge prophecy. If one comes up and gives a prophecy, the rest judge that word. Or, or a better way is to discern that word. You know, judge comes up like, we got the hammer, you better not mess up. But see, God's grace, like yesterday, God's grace is there that we give each other some latitude, right? We're not all perfect, right? We're, we're seeing through a glass dimly, <laughs> So we pick up some things and we share those things. And if we're in a loving family, even if we miss it, we got, okay, so why did I miss it? You know, I was thinking this or thinking that. And like I said yesterday, that's why the, the gift of prophecy usually works better when you don't know the people. Because if you have head knowledge of the gift, a lot of times you're having to fight your knowledge with what the Holy Spirit knowledge has given you. When you don't know them, 
you're just getting knowledge that you didn't have, so you just share it, and then confirmation comes when they says, man, that was right on. Praise God. And so it's a, but there's a training time that goes on. There's a, there's a time that, that you, you feel like this or feel like that, and it's okay to ask questions. You know, instead of saying, thus says the Lord, and shake and throw your jacket down, you know, you can say, you know, I just sent God telling me this. Uh, what do you think? You know, oh, I was praying about that this morning. I said, praise God, you know. So I was thinking I was, you know, going crazy here. But, but the more you do it, the more refined that gift takes place. And the more you can trust how God is speaking to you, that he gives you those things for his glory. But this, this filter helps everyone check out the word. So if, if the Lord, you know, if, if you think you're supposed to prophesy and it doesn't line up with the word of God, don't prophesy, okay? If, if it's a word of judgment or correction or direction, don't prophesy that. Bring it to the pastor of the church or the leader of that ministry and share it with them. Because sometimes the gift of the pastor is long-suffering, right? And they're willing to give a lot of leeway for people to come to Christ and get rid of their sin and all this stuff. But there comes a time when God says, enough, we're heading towards that mercy exit, and I want you to deal with this thing. Well, you know, some, some pastors just have a hard time dealing with that. And if two people from his church say, I just heard blah, 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 and you go, okay, thank you, Jesus. And then they go and deal with it, right? So that's the thing about the body of Christ. We all are members of the body. We, we, we might be a hand or a foot or, or an eye or an ear, as it says in 1 Corinthians 12, but we're all part of the body. And if we can all express the gifts that God has given us, then our body's going to be healthy. And we'll be able to check each other, in a sense, to make sure we're moving in the right direction and the way God wants it to be. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. So in, in um, 1 Corinthians 12... The whole reason Paul spoke this to the Corinthian church is verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be unaware. So God allowed that to be in the Bible. So that's not to the Corinthians. That's to us. Any church that calls Jesus the Lord and Savior, this is for them. So this morning... I want to let you know that concerning spiritual gifts, God doesn't want you to be unaware. And the reason is because it's such a blessing <laughs> to, to, to not only receive those gifts, but also to be a, a recipient of the gift through someone else. Like, like this morning, uh, there's some people here that that have uh, certain illnesses that have been frustrating them, and they need a touch from the Lord. Well, if we had, let's say, just one person that had the healing gift, then we would have that person pray for you. Now, God can do it, and I believe I'm going to pray for you, and I believe God will touch you. Um. But if we have a body, and, and Joe has a healing gift, and Mary has the working of miracles, and, and Kevin has a, the gift of faith, and, and Jim has the words of knowledge and wisdom, and, and Stella has the gift of prophecy, wouldn't that be a great church? I mean, if you have a need, you walk through that door, well, well go get Jim, let him pray for you, you know. Not that we can't pray for him because, you know, I've learned a long time ago that 
that if God tells you to do something, he's given you the unction, the ability to do it. So you may not be, you know, that person that they call for healing because half the time you, they pray for you, you're going to get healed. Uh, you may be one of those like five percenters, right? About five percent of the time you pray for someone, they get healed. So, but if the Lord gives you a word of knowledge and says, go pray for Mary, you're like 90% plus because the Holy Spirit has now ordained you to be the, the one who delivers the healing that day. Amen? So, uh, and, and it's, it's clear in the scriptures that even in Ephesians, it says the, the sword of the Spirit, it, it also says, the sword that the Spirit wields. So it's like we're not taking the sword out of the Holy Spirit's hand and say, give me that sword. No, we are partnering with the Holy Spirit, and he brings the sword. So he's wielding it, but he wants our cooperation. He wants us to, to join in with him in that delivery. And if you join in with him, more comes. I remember when I was in Nigeria, and, and uh, one of the pastors there wanted me to do a, a crusade, to preach one night in a crusade. And I'm like, dude, I'm not an evangelist. You know, you need to find someone else. You've got plenty of evangelists around here. And then the Lord rebuked me in my prayer time. He said, if I want to use you as an evangelist, is that not okay? And I went, oh, no. I called him back and said, okay, I'll be preaching at your crusade uh, Saturday night, you know. And, uh, of course, that night, 100 people got saved. And I'm not an evangelist, but, but I listened to the Lord, and the Lord let me kind of stretch into that gift for that time to see people get saved. I don't understand all that other than he's training us. You know, and that's what it's all about. It, this is all training. All these gifts are training. So God is like got you in a spiritual boot camp now. And, and you're going to be getting more and more of the things of God start coming to you. And you're, you're going to have probably more questions than you do have answers. But that's okay. It's better to have questions and God moving than no questions and God not moving, right? Uh-huh. Did I hear an amen out there? <laughs> Sometimes it's either amen or oh me, you know. So, um, but some of those things like, and that's what I call prophetic preaching. It's something I didn't plan to say, but the Lord had me say it. And I felt the unction on it. And that's why I reiterated it. Because God wants you on this path to be more of him, to more of the people around you. Amen? So, Paul makes it very clear that, that that's the reason he shared those things. And he, as you go down in 1 Corinthians 12, it talks about the gifts. There's nine that he specifies here. Verse 8, For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. So um, if you're at a, at a crossroad and you don't know where to go and you say, God, I, I can go this way or I can go that way, and he tells you go that way, you just had the word of wisdom. It just manifests in you. And it may be in counseling. You're counseling someone and all of a sudden God gives you some counsel for someone to do X, Y, Z. Again, that falls into the category of, you know, correction, direction, <laughs> and judgment. But in the gift of words of knowledge and wisdom, it can also fall under that category of counsel. And so God can give you the wisdom to say the right thing at the right time. Amen? To another one is given the word of knowledge according to the same spirit. These are all Holy Spirit, right? And so... Uh, word of knowledge is like, I have a word of knowledge that Bill has uh, brain cancer. And I call it out, and, and then 
you know, we pray for Bill and he gets healed. Now, the word of knowledge is, is the knowledge, but the prayer actually goes into the prayer of healing, right? And the, and the, and the gift of faith. By the way, is there anyone named Bill that has uh, cancer right now in their brain? Just checking because, you know, Jehovah Sneaky, he does things to me. I don't even know why, but I check him out anyway. That's another name for the Lord if you didn't know yet. But I'm sure most of you have realized that, that Jehovah Sneaky has pulled a few numbers on you in the past. Amen? So that's word of knowledge. Sometimes word of knowledge comes with a feeling. So I might have like pain in my right ear. And, and then I'll call out, does anyone here have pain in their right ear? And then I'll pray for them and God will heal them because he just told me because he wants to heal them, right? So that's pretty cool. So in nine, another uh, one of these gifts is faith by the same spirit. Now faith is a whole different bird. It's not the faith to believe that Jesus, you know, is your Savior and you get saved. It's the faith to pray for a brother that needs $100,000 tomorrow. The gift of faith can rise up in you and, and you can say, God... I believe right now this brother is going to receive $100,000 tomorrow. And I've done that a few times. Not the 100000 but it was a large sum of money. And, and it happened. After I said it, I was scared because I was like, oh, no, tomorrow is tomorrow. I can't put this off. Like, okay, sometime in your life, you will have $100,000. I mean, this is tomorrow. And I remember I did this for one of the pastors that they, they, were, they were last, they had to have make a payment or the bank was going to take over the church. And he told me to pray, and I was like, I'll pray, but, you know, I really didn't have much faith, but the, the gift of faith dropped on me, and I said, by Saturday, you'll have that payment. And then I, and he says, oh, I'm going to have, I'm going to have you preach on Sunday. And I'm like, oh, great. Now, now I'm going to have to know whether it happened or not, you know. And, and I was kind of sweating bullets, you know, because uh, I didn't know. So, so they waited, of course, till Sunday when I showed up and then started talking about this and how I prayed for them and that the, the pastor's wife went to the bank and told them that someone just, just paid your, your note off. And he goes, who? He didn't tell me his name. He just gave me the exact amount of money, and uh, you're done. Here's your receipt. So God used my mouth to, to, to speak faith that caused an angel to find all that money somewhere and deliver it to the right spot so that this church could continue. How many people know we need that gift moving in our life amen so that's a gift of faith and to another a gift of healing by the same spirit and the gift of healing is like that so and it's and it's strange because there'll be certain areas like um, for me for some reason I have like a healing gift for eyes especially infection in eyes I don't fully understand it all, but anytime someone has an eye infection or something going on with their eye that they're going to need surgery or whatever, I can pray for them, and more times than not, they're going to get healed. So that's a gift of healing. It's a very specific gift. Now, I've prayed for other people that had cancer and all this stuff, and they got healed, but, but out of 100 people, you know, I don't know. I don't know. What, 10%, 5%? I, mean, I haven't been calculating, but, but uh, the higher the percentage, then you know that's a gift. That's one of these gifts. It's a specific gift of healing that people have. When they pray for someone, I mean, over 50% of the time, they get healed. 
And that is so cool. Every church needs to have at least one of those. Amen. Praise God. And to another, verse 10, the effecting of miracles. I mean, this kind of works with faith. You know, some of these work together. You know, faith and miracles. I mean, you can't say that that gift of faith that I spoke money and it came to pass in four days wasn't a miracle. I mean, that was a miracle. An angel shows up. I mean, I know it's an angel. The banker didn't know it was an angel. Of course, the pastor knew it was an angel because he knows nobody with that kind of money, and they would have told him if they did. So, um, so that performed a miracle. So, so it's like faith and miracle work together to bring the provision, right? I mean, Jesus walking on the water, that was a miracle. That was a gift of miracle. He said, eh, I don't want to walk all around this lake. I'm just going to cut on top of the water. That was a gift of miracle. He just performed a miracle walking on the water. And that kind of fell on Peter, and he started doing it too. So, you know, one, it's, like, it's almost like contagious. When you start doing the things of the Spirit, it starts flowing out on other people. Remember Saul, though he was not a prophet, he got around the, the school of the prophets, and he started prophesying. And everyone said, is Saul now a prophet? He wasn't, but when he got around the spirit of prophecy and prophets, he was able to just start doing what they were doing. And that's Old Testament. New Testament is you can do it all. If you've got Jesus in you, you've got the Holy Spirit in you, you can do it all. Now, you have to be led of the Spirit, right? The Spirit has to wield the sword, right? So you have to lean on Him. That's, that's kind of the caveat in this. Otherwise, we'd be healing everyone. I wouldn't need to be a doctor, right? I'd just set up a little shack, and then people would just come in, and I'd pray for them to get healed. But that's not the way God works. He wants partnership. He doesn't, and he knows me. If I start doing that, I'd probably get a big head, and who knows what I would do. So God wants us to partner with him in the Holy Spirit to bring about all these gifts that can be blessing each other and especially the pre-believer so that we can see more people come to Christ. Amen? And then this is that tongues that we were, well, the, the next one is uh, prophecy. And then the one after that is distinguishing a spirit. Some of the versions say discerning of spirits, which is basically good and bad. So how many people have walked in a place and felt like there was darkness in that place? Anyone? Yeah. Well, that's a discerning of spirits. You had the gift of discerning of spirits, even though you may not have known it. But when you walk into an area, I mean, my mom was that way. She, could, she would never buy a house without walking through it. Because she could walk through that house and say, no, I ain't staying here. This, some bad stuff happened here, you know. Um, and, and I can walk through a house. I kind of got that from mom, I guess. You know, we can get gifts handed down from generation to generation. It's, it's so cool. And uh, so a lot of times I'll walk through a house, and if there's anything demonic there, the Lord will show it to me. The good thing is, is I can take it out. I don't have to leave. He has to leave. See, when you have the authority of Christ, and he's showing you stuff, you don't leave. You tell him to leave. You know, there was this joke by one of the Nigerian uh, brothers that... <laughs> that uh, was, was helping us in our medical outreaches in Nigeria. And one of the pastors wanted me to preach on Sunday, well, actually Saturday. So I had some of the residents with me. They were doing surgery, and um, the car came to get me, and I just took off, and I told Kama, you just tell them, you know, I had to go and preach, you know. So, so he told them, he goes, how can, how can he leave without saying goodbye? He goes, well, you know, the, that's a difference in, in Americans and, and Russians. And they're like, what? 
yeah, Americans, they'll leave without telling you goodbye, but the Russians will stay and say goodbye. No one's laughing. Okay, maybe there's a few Russians in here. Sorry. But, uh, you know, I love that scripture in the Bible. It says, laughter does good like a medicine. You know, sometimes when you're so serious about things, we need to get a little laughter because it's not that big a deal, you know? I mean, it seems a big deal, like, oh, prophecy, you're saying, thus says the Lord. And I don't like to say that. I mean, it's rare that I say that. I mean, I'm literally having to be shaking and almost sweating with the fire of God on me before I'll say, thus says the Lord. Because most of the time, I'm submitted to leadership in this house and to other prophetic people and say, I sense the Lord saying this. And if you sense that that's not biblical, I want you to stand up and say it's not biblical. Because I have no right saying that. And I've had to call people down that said, thus does the Lord, because they were not saying the Lord. It was themselves. And that's where it's tough. And that's where it'll give you grace as a leader of a church. God will tell you. He'll, he'll give you that discerning of spirits and say, you know, something wasn't right there. And, and yeah, you might have to have a discussion and all that stuff. So as I prophesy, I'm also mentoring how to do it. Amen? And I've learned over the years that the, the, a lot of the Pentecostal churches say, thus says the Lord, and they may have a little bit of the Lord in there, but then all of a sudden, uh, Jim starts taking off, and he's more preaching than he is prophesying. And, I, and, in, and yet he's calling it, thus says the Lord. And I'm like, no, don't do that. I mean, that, that gives that gift a bad rap. Amen. And how many churches won't let that gift manifest in their life, in their church, in their ministry, because someone went off, off kilter. But I can tell you that as, as a, as a pastor and church leaders in this house, God will give you all the grace you need to figure it out which is so cool because a lot of people got activated yesterday. I'm going to pray a prayer of activation as well at the, the end of what I'm sharing. And then I'm going to prophesy to people. And if I can't get to you, then, um, you know, we'll take a few people maybe after, after we close at 12 and, and then at John's house from two to four, if you want to come there, we'll pray for you. So God's good, amen? We're, okay. Wow. I'm running out of time, John. Well, let me pray that prayer of activation. That's where the Holy Ghost got us, right? So if you want the gifts of the Spirit, we'll just blanket it. The gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, in your life, even the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and you want that more in your life, just raise your hand right now. I'm going to pray for you, with you, and the Holy Spirit's going to do the rest. Amen? Holy Spirit, we thank you for your guidance this morning, for your anointing this morning, for your gifts that you spoke through Paul so that every church that reads these scriptures will be equipped and not be unaware and I just equip this church, the New River Fellowship, with the gifts of the Holy Spirit right now. Lord, I pray right now that you will touch them, that you will pop the top, so to speak, of that gift inside of their life. We activate it. We, we, we say more of, 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 of healing. Even right now, Lord, those that need healing, we pray right now that the healing anointing will fall upon them. We command Satan to loose them and to be gone for their life. And we pray that whatever sickness is there is healed by the stripes of Jesus. We thank you for the oil to, to touch them and to heal them and to bring uh, the fullness of what God has for them. 
Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. You can put your hands down. Um, that's a prayer of activation, so don't freak out when tomorrow God shows you someone and you go, and if you will be obedient to him and go pray for someone, that God starts showing you something to pray for them because that's the way he does. And if you're faithful in the little things, more will come. But if you resist the Holy Spirit, he'll stop coming. He's not going to pester you. But if you want more of God in your life, you want these gifts to be activated in your life, he's going to start calling you on it. He'll start training you, and it's going to be so cool to hear the testimonies of what God has for you. Um, I, because I have short time right now, what I'm going to do is I'm leaning on the Lord to give me kind of groups of people that I can pray for. So if you have an issue in the area of business, whether it's a job change, a job, or, or something along those lines that, that you need God to intervene, uh, just stand to your feet right where you are. Just stand to your feet. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, there's some of you that know someone that's not here that needs that. I want you to stand in their place. We call that proxy prayer. We know Jesus did that. The centurion said, don't, don't worry about coming to my house. Uh, just send the word. And that's what we're going to do. The Lord's going to send the word to them so that they can get that job, that they can get out of that terrible job, that, that they can get in the place where God will use them in a mighty way. Wow, I just feel the presence of God in this place. God's already at work. Father, we thank you, Holy Spirit for touching every one of these individuals and the ones represented. We thank you that they're going to get new jobs and better jobs and, and that if they're in a job, you're going to make a clean transition so that they'll know they have a job waiting for them when they, uh, they terminate that job. We thank you, Father, for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So some of these prayers, they're very simple, right? But they're led by the Holy Spirit, and they have powerful impact. And I believe you're going to hear testimonies of, of some of these jobs that just, like, rock. I mean, in the next couple of weeks, you're going to go, really? That five-second prayer did that? Yeah, and we'll have more of that. Amen? So I already prayed for those who are he need healing. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to... to uh, Read the scriptures about healing. You can easily just Google healing scriptures and bam, they'll just come on down. You'll even get YouTube teachings on healing. Well, do it. Just go to those scriptures, meditate on them. Thank God for healing you that this was the beginning, but we need to sustain it, right? Because if doubt and confusion comes in, you can just run it, run it dry. So, uh, just be obedient to the word, meditate on it, uh, listen to teachings on healing, and I believe each one of you will receive healing. Some of you will receive it today. Others, it will be a process. It may be a week or two or a month or whatever. But whatever healing, I'm, I'm ready for it. Amen? Who, who needs to go through years of, of suffering? It's, it's not necessary. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. There's some of you here that uh, feel called to a five-fold ministry, like apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, um, pastor. If, if you feel called to that right now and, and you don't know how that's going to happen, but you feel the call on you, just raise your hand right now. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Yeah, 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 that's right. That's right. If you're not even, you're not sure, but, but you don't want to miss it, just raise your hand because sometimes, you know, our mind does all kind of funny stuff, right? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, all these people that have their hands raised, I pray that they will fulfill the call that you have for the fivefold ministry gift that is in, in them. Lord, I pray for a... Uh, a platform for them to be able to express this gift of the Holy Spirit in their life. And I pray for the unction to walk in that gift in Jesus' name. 
Amen. You know, sometimes the gift of an, of an apostle is, is really to oversee a project. It may not even be a Christian product. It may be a humanitarian project in town, and God's given you the grace to do that. And if you'll just do it, it's amazing how many people will get blessed. And then when they start asking you, how did you do this? Well, you know, I have a guy that's uh, behind me called Jesus. And he has gifted me and called me and makes me love everybody. So that's why I do this thing, you know. So, um, yeah, God's good. God's good. Father, I just thank you for all the rest in here. I thank you for their life. I thank you for the blessing of the Lord that's upon them. I thank you for the gifts of the Holy Spirit that will begin to manifest in their life. And I bless this church, Lord. I pray a portal from heaven would be opened up over this church I pray the fire of God around it, Zechariah 2.5, and the glory of the Lord within it. And Lord, I expect to hear great things that you're doing through this church. Let it be a, a jewel in this region. Let them be a part of revival in this area. In Jesus' name, amen.